I mean, I didn't want to be a mayor. I didn't want to be a city council uh, man either. Um, but I think one is to examine uh, your motives first and foremost. Um, when, when, if people are in this business so they can get a pat on the back or so they could believe that they're up here, um, you'll, you'll probably fade really fast or end up with disappointment. Uh, if people never believe that this office is just all about me, uh, because if you believe that it's only about you, then you'll have a hard time serving the other 68,000 people here. Hey, it's Breaking Barriers, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging podcast. We're here for real talk. We're not afraid to go there. And we want you to come away emboldened and energized to take action and make change. We believe our diversity, our differences, when joined together by a common set of ideals, makes us stronger. When I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Your world has changed, but your dreams shouldn't have to. That's why Kirkwood is your next best step. With affordable, flexible, and close-to-home options, now's a great time to start or finish your Kirkwood degree. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash findyourfuture. Displaced or discouraged at work, Kirkwood can help you learn a new skill or totally reinvent yourself for a brand new career. With so many flexible and affordable options, you can get back on track fast. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash findyourfuture. What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Top Ranks Breaking Barriers, the EIMB podcast brought to you by Kirkwood Community College. I'm your co-host, Anthony Arrington, joined by my co-host, Nick Ford, and... My other co-host, Joy Briscoe. How y'all doing? Hello, hello. We are excited, excited, excited for today. I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So yes. I got some great questions for him. Right, yes, right. Why don't you tell us about our, our, our great guest today, Joy? All righty, all righty. Well, I've had the no, the pleasure of, and I don't always say this, right? So you guys are going to quote me here, but <laughs> what I've known you for, what, 20 years now? 30 years? We're going to take away 15, 20, but you, you know. <laughs> For a long time, just a phenomenal person. And there, from me to you, I want to share. I'm so excited to have you here um, and to talk a little bit about the work that you've been doing in Waterloo and beyond. The other day, my daughter and I were driving and she noticed like the infrastructure work and how Waterloo is really just coming alive. And so she'd be embarrassed if she knew I told you that, my 13-year-old. But it was so funny because she was like, Mayor Hart is doing a good job, Mom. So I want to share that from Nevaeh to you. But officially, let me go into some of your bios. So Mayor Quinn Hart is the first Black elected to the office of mayor for the city of Waterloo, Iowa. Preceding the election, Mr. Hart was the Associate Director of Multicultural Affairs for Hawkeye Community College, also in Waterloo, Iowa, providing leadership for multicultural initiatives and promoting awareness and appreciation for diversity on campus and in the community. In the eight years preceding his mayoral election, Mayor Hart represented the citizens of Waterloo as Ward 4 Councilman and was the first African-American appointed mayor pro tem for the city of Waterloo. He received his MAE in post-secondary education, student affairs from the University of Northern Iowa and is also a 2013 graduate of the Thomas Lakin Institute for Mentored Leadership. Hart is happily married to Cassandra Hart, a 2007 Gold Star Award teacher, and is the father to two sons, Quentin Jr. and Quindon, and one daughter, Halea. And Cassandra's awesome as well. So you got one of the most adorable families there, Mayor. 
So I want to give a warm, warm welcome to our podcast today to Mayor Hart. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is quite a pleasure. I know uh, I talked to Anthony some time ago about being here and uh, I am finally here, but uh, where's the theme music at? No, I don't know. <laughs> Like, You'll hear it. It's coming in. It's, it's coming, coming in. You'll get it. For you today, though, we, we got Rocky coming. We're going to do your special theme music. It's going to be Rocky today. <laughs> we got some nice theme music and nice theme music and right. production. Right, right, right. Thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, you do incredible work. Uh, I'm a fan from afar, uh, so I appreciate all you're doing in our local communities as well. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Definitely. Well, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Mayor, I've been wanting to ask you this question for a while. It's one of the things I think in my head all the time. But, but you know, as, as a black mayor of Iowa, you know, uh, you're like you're you're like the Obama of Iowa, if I will, you know, or the bomb of Waterloo. Um, but I've always wondered, how do you deal with the, the clamor of, uh, of black folks? You know, when I'm not unlike Obama, who when he was elected to office, suddenly assumed that you're a savior, that. Um, you're supposed to change the world and everything's supposed to change for people of color because we got you in office. And when things are going awry, how do you deal with that, with the arrows coming at you and the, you're supposed to do everything? Well, it's not arrows anymore. That that was back then. It's cannons now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sticking drones. Uh, no. um, but. You know, one is just learned by experience, right? I, um, you know, people want someone that they can identify with that they believe is just like them, that's from the community, that knows the community. So um, people believe that I am one of them, right? And, um, and I am, right? First and foremost, uh, I was born and raised uh, in this city and Part of the reasons why I ran for office is some of the same things that uh, people are trying to champion for. People want uh, economic justice. People want good neighborhoods. People want economic development. And so I, I'm right there with you. But the challenge is what's in my local eye of control. Local eye of control. Like, uh, you know, unfortunately, Waterloo, like other cities, has some criminal justice issues and. Sometimes people believe that I may be able to set bills or that I'm able right. to be Asian involved uh, in lawsuits. That's absolutely uh, not the case. We have a criminal justice system. We have a justice system that's ran by our county. And so, you know, in some aspects, uh, it does put a, a large target on my back because people believe that I can somewhat change the impossible and that's not the case um but it's trying to explain you know what my role is and what my role is not and you know trying to make sure that whatever city services that people need that i, I do my best you know as far as the criticism portion of it um you know i have some really interesting stories about that but i, I will be honest when i was younger um I probably would take a lot of stuff personal, take a lot of stuff to the heart. Um, but because of my faith and because of this is for me, I'm not trying to put that on anybody else, but uh, because I know uh, the good Lord has made me to be, um, I try to stay within that focus. And when someone says, 
uh, that I'm not or I'm blamed for something. I'm just at the point now in my life where I'm going to try to do the best I can. I'm going to try to focus on the greater good of the situation and the, the overall community. But uh, I am really blessed to know who I am. Uh, and so that's the way I try to operate. I, I approach uh, this office with everything that I have and I try to make sure that the role that I have as mayor is the most purest thing uh, that I've done or had in my life. Uh, it is such an incredible honor to be able to wake up every morning and to focus on how we can make this community uh, better uh, together. And so I absolutely love uh, what I do. I feel like I'm purpose to serve in this capacity right now. And so, yeah, there's disappointment, there's trials, there's challenges. Uh, but I'm just going to roll my sleeves up and do the best that I can do and continue to focus on those things that matter most. But no, I cannot do everything. You're not Superman. I, You're not Superman. Uh, <laughs> I had a vision. I had a vision of, of like that. You see the Air Force One when it's shooting all the countermeasures. <laughs> That's you flying through Waterloo. But but I, I, I but you know I have a lot of good people around me too, and and sure. you know I've never isolated myself. Uh, from people, but I have people around me that hold me accountable and I have people around me that um, will provide, um, you know, positive direction. And one of the things I learned, you know, probably about six years ago, you know, there's blogs and there's stuff out there and they said, oh, you got to go and see what, see what the people are saying about you. Um, I don't, I, I try to avoid stuff that I know has a malintent from the beginning. You know, I got like critics right now and one of them means me absolutely no good. So why would I keep going to that place as a source of being able to feed my spirit? You know, so um, I try to learn over the course of time, but I'm just blessed to be in this role. I love it. Great tip for our listeners yeah. and, you know, other leaders, you know, for those leaders block out. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I wish more professional athletes and and, and stars did that because you're right. You see people responding to stuff that's just dragging them down. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I love that. I wanted to, too, Nick, and I know you have question number two, but I want to flip Anthony's question a little bit, Mayor, because from the perspective of people believe that you can do things that you sometimes aren't able to do, you have been able to get a lot done. And so, like, even when we were talking today and prepping for this conversation, I wanted us to even talk about the strategy and things that you use because you've been able to work across the aisle, so to speak, in a time when Iowa is hyper politicized and things are just so um, uh, um, people are just on such extreme ends of almost every issue. So the fact that you've been able to move some things forward and in some ways do some of the impossible in our community and change how people view Waterloo. I was excited to have you here because I wanted you to be able to share how have you done that so that other people that are working in communities and trying to move initiatives forward can take some of the strategies that you've used in doing it in our community. Well, I, I'll thank you so much. I, I will um, kind of rephrase, rephrase uh, your comment and I'll say that your question, how have we okay. done that? Uh, I was asked that question um, about 11 years ago, uh, in an interview panel. And the question was, what have you ever 
what have you ever done by yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I went through my mind. I was thinking about the, the From the Heart program where we worked on people's houses, or I was thinking about the business expos, a lot of stuff we were doing before is popular now, right? And I was thinking, but then I started thinking like, well, mm, I kind of didn't, Mary helped me, this person helped me. So why? Uh, understanding that I can't do anything uh, alone. Uh, number two is understanding that the local level uh, is supposed to be nonpartisan. And I need to be able to work with everyone, um, folks uh, from the northeast side, the south side, the west side. But I have the mentality that I need to be able to work with anyone um, that has a really good idea or someone that wants to do something positive for the community. Uh, Number three uh, is a practice in humility and that not all good ideas rest with me. And so if you have a good idea, if you have a good opportunity, I am all about supporting uh, what you're doing. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about me. Uh, Number four is I try to focus on the greater good of a situation, uh, making sure that, um, you know, I don't care if I get the credit for as long as the project uh, gets done. Uh, number five, you can't learn in a vacuum. Uh, I try to get out across the country. I try to get out across the world, across the communities to try to find creative ideas that are outside of the box, uh, and to bring here or to continue, uh, to work here. And, uh, number six, probably I do like to read and I like to study about different ways to transform a community. Like uh, Mayor Garcetti out of LA gave me this book and it was called The New Localism that talks about how communities are transforming uh, themselves. But, you know, I just try to remember all of those things. I don't have the patent on good ideas. Like the 24 seven black had a specific focus and a niche for addressing um, the challenges that we have with business startup for African-Americans. And so I don't need to create that. I need to do my best to be able to support innovation and opportunities uh, that other people may be aspirational to other people. So I just try to keep all of those things in mind. And then last but not least, um, I always realize that there are certain ways to get things done, right? Uh, you may see a roadblock here trying to do something, but there's always another way, another partnership uh, to to try to be able to accomplish things. So I just try to take that and I try to think outside of the box. I'm sick and tired of, you know, we can't do this or we can't yeah. do that. You know, that's how we've always done it. That's, all that's how me. we've always done it. And, and, and Joy, I know this will be near and dear to you. So when we started the the thing was like, people always just say, why Waterloo? Mm-hmm. You want to do that? Why Waterloo? Mm-hmm. Well, we flipped that. We flipped that statement. Why not Waterloo? Right. Mm-hmm. Why can't Waterloo? Mm-hmm. And so that's been the men- mentality of approaching a lot of projects and opportunities. That's awesome. I, I was with uh, another colleague of ours this morning. We had coffee and I was sharing when I went to Afrotech that so much of the things that we're doing here in the community, and I, I'm just talking to people, right? I'm not 
like there as a like an ambassador or trying to sell. I'm just talking to people. And when we would have conversations about some of the things that that are happening in back in our community, we had people from like MBA and Zuckerberg Foundation like reach out. We want to learn more about what you guys are doing. And I'm sure being the mayor and having even a, a broader or more awareness of what's happening, I bet you encounter that a lot when you go across the country, too, that when you're sharing things that feel like, oh, we're just doing the work and other people are like, oh, no, this is something special. You guys got something unique. So, yeah, we are uh, the guy uh, we've been partnering with Honeywell uh, for a smart city initiative and the way he characterized <laughs> water new. He says, we're punching way above our weight, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. looked at some of the things that were, were happening here. Not that we don't have challenges, right? E- everyone does, but he was, uh, correlated us to punching way above our weight uh, for what we're doing here. So I, I have a quick question, I suppose my regular question first. So you kind of brought up about the mayors get together. Um, at that level, when the mayors get together, is it? Like, like we see when governors get together and at the House and Senate, there's, it seems like this big battle. Um, does it seem more like at your level with the mayors that it's more cooperative as a whole? Or is there still some of that bipartisan stuff going on? It is night and day. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, one of my best colleagues is uh, Daniel Rankin out of Columbia, South Carolina, who may not necessarily have the same party perspective or uh, mayor holds out of Oklahoma City. But when we come together, um, it is a sharing of knowledge and information. We take ideas from one another. We steal best practices. Uh, that's what we do. Um, like I said, not one mayor, one person has a patent over good ideas. So when we come together, it's about solving complex issues and how we can better uh, help the citizens within our community. And that is the the feel, that is the approach uh, of all the mayors. You know, um, the January uh, 17th through the 20th is the U.S. Conference of Mayors for our winter meeting. Uh, we have different policies. We have different conversations with our federal, congressional, and state folks. But it is the move to push forth what's best for our citizens and the mayors we don't have the fortune of being able to go for a recess uh, and shut <laughs> shut the government down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're there every day, closest to the people, uh, and we're the balance in between the federal and the state and the people within our communities. I love that. It still gives me it gives me hope actually when I hear stuff like that because you see what's going on at the higher levels and it's kind of demoralizing to me personally. So I appreciate that. Uh, so my big question: you kind of mentioned a little bit a different way, so. I believe it was in your first term or right towards the end of your first term, you had the 24-7 report. So here you are, a black man, mayor of of a city in, in Iowa. Um, I'd love to hear about how that hit you personally in your position and as a human being, and then how you overcame anything that happened from that. And well, I understand you're still overcoming some of that, but, but well, where are you at? Yeah, this is generational work. Uh, but I will tell you, I, I kind of question a little bit because I'm like, after all of this time, we've had civil rights uprising. We've had everything you can think of. So you wait until right now uh, to to say that. And, you know, at the time, the time, uh, the overall, we were accomplishing very good things. We were able to begin the process of going back in neighborhoods and, and working. And so 
you know, that was that was the first thing. Then two, you know, you have to go back and say we've had systemic issues uh, in this city uh, for a long time. We've had challenges for a long time. And so a lot of this information and data uh, was not a surprise uh, to a lot of us. And so, you know, within, I also had to remember this is part of the reason I ran. Um, Joy will tell you um, we, we have what we call the forestry uh, bridge, and it's one of the most iconic bridges. But growing up, what we kind of believe and what we've seen, uh, one side of the bridge was yeah. the have and the other side was the have. Mm-hmm. And so the very tenants of the 24-7 Wall Street are the bases in which I ran for office. I believe that, you know, success could rise in every community, that there shouldn't be a child within our local community that shouldn't see something new and something happening uh, in their in their in their neighborhoods. And so that was the very reason why I ran. But now the hard work, rolling up the sleeves, who's going to come together or yeah. foundations going to come together. Uh, we had John Deere, uh, our largest employer, step up and ask, what can we do? Well, it's simple, you know, hire some black folk. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, continue to reinvest in our young people and housing was another need. So all of those areas um, they've invested in. So it's working with partners. It's having other incredible people like uh, the 24 seven work that's being done, but how can we support and how can we keep the focus uh, moving forward? How can we change things systematically? So it hit like a brick, but I mean, it's stuff that we already knew. Um, mm-hmm. just got to roll our sleeves up. And it, now it's that time, that transformational time for us to do the work. So, so Mayor, you mentioned, um, you know, your role, you love what you do and you, and you love the position at a very practical level. You're a politician, right? And I believe, you know, and I think I don't want to speak for my partners, but I, I believe that we have challenges in the business world discussing how politics impacts business. And I'm a believer that we need more politicians at the table that look like you and I are more females or more minority politicians to make policy decisions that impact economics and business. There's not a lot of us that enjoy politics. So how would you talk to your younger self or how do you talk to young people to get them excited about this space? Because that's where the power happens. And that's where I believe change happens in addition to powerful businessmen. But how do we get more, people who look like us involved in civic duty? Well, well, one, um, and this probably goes into exactly what you're saying. Um, I don't necessarily consider myself a politician. Um, I'm an elected official who has a different job than that I used to have. And my job is the uh, welfare of the people within our community. But that goes into exactly what you said, because I don't want to identify as a politician, but I am one, you know, the study of more than one. But so how can we change what people believe about politicians? Right. People, there's a negative connotation, as was just mentioned, what we're seeing on the federal levels and not wanting to be involved uh, in that chaos because it's become such a negative word. Mm -hmm. You know, one, how can we you know, change what people think uh, about elected officials. Uh, Number two, oftentimes people don't believe that anything could change, right? They believe that decisions are already made. 
So what's the use in getting out there and advocating for it? And then once they don't get out and advocate and changes are made, you're like, God, I wish I would have done that and it mm-hmm. was too late. So that that's number two. They can make a difference in understanding that. Number three, helping them to understand how the decisions that we make every day as elected officials um, has a has a um oops, so I'm still working. Uh, <laughs> always working. We love it. May uh, have an impact on your daily lives. We don't break it down enough uh, to understand. Like right now, anyone that has student loans, anyone that's graduated from college and, and that are under the income guidelines to be able to have your student loans reduced, it should be outraged, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to find a job sometimes. And then you have this debt that you have to pay for. And folks just don't understand this is impacting your daily lives, the decisions that we make. So we need to make sure they understand the um, what's at stake and how it impacts their daily lives. Right. And I just don't think we we've done a, enough job. We we normally like like I told you, one of one of my former opponents, they like, spend time smearing people, but you don't spend time educating people over over what's most important. So. That turns people off, like hearing so much negative, you know, you did this back then. And it's not that we don't, we're not accountable or not that uh, we shouldn't be set to a standard, but what have you done and how can you do it and how can you engage us in that process? And I think we, we, we miss that. We make politics look like it's this, oh my God, you got to be the smartest person in the world and you got to than any policy, but in actuality, what are you getting done? And that's why, you know, that's why I like the local level, you know, whatever you done parts, but we're raising $16 million to do this. Whatever you, you done to get my trash picked up. Well, we, we are doing this. And so we just don't make the argument relevant to the people who we are serving. I love yeah. that. So let's lean into that. Cause I think, um, yeah. Yeah. along that line, especially we're a DIB podcast, right? So when we think about policy, policy right now and politics, what are some of the higher, what are some of the focus areas you think that community should know about and they should focus on to help move DIB initiatives along? And even beyond that, right? Because we know that when we support diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging, it actually benefits everyone. But what are some of the areas of focus you think right now people as community members should be paying attention to, should be getting invested in, should be checking out. And again, like you said, local level, but a lot of these, if we were to pick these issues up and go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Cedar Rapids, or all these other communities, they have similar issues and things that they need to address. So from your viewpoint, where should we be encouraging people to focus? Actually, if I can tell you part of that question, and then something that Anthony just said a second ago, and that's about having... I'll say the right people in office, right? And what I found out is that there are structures that are put in place and those structures will continue to be perpetuated over and over and over uh, because it's the way that the system is set up. When you take a look at districts that have been redlined, then you take a look at the banking system when it comes to building a new house. Or let's say, for instance, you have a house, right? And you have a really nice house 
and your house is located in an area where the values of those houses are red lines. So everything within here, uh, it, it's all assessed the same based upon the surrounding conditions. So if you take that house and you put that house on another side of town, it's going to be worth more money. Now, when you get ready to fill out any credit application, they ask you, do you own a rent, right? Because we know that within your lifetime, the largest asset that you'll ever have for a majority of people is your house. Mm -hmm. But if that's your largest asset and it's already devalued based upon where you live at, you're not going to get a home equity loan as much for you to be able to make updates or you won't be able to use that home equity loan to pay off bills, right? Mm -hmm. That has an impact. And that is something that's structural that has been put in place, right? So I think you can have good folk in office that don't have the wherewithal or the mentality or the capacity or the problem solving mechanisms to be able to change that for the better. And so we need a new way of thinking about how we're going to have community transformation, not just for the folks within the neighborhood, but for the banking industry, for the lenders, for the realtors. And that's just one problem because any mayor I talk to, uh, Mayor Cavalier in, in Milwaukee, as you just mentioned, there's a housing crisis mm -hmm. in so many parts of our community. We have slumlords that don't do anything, don't even live in your community, mm -hmm. but have property in your community. And that's a challenge. And so all across the board, these institutional things that are already in place are going to continue to perpetuate if we don't think of innovative solutions to being able uh, to change that. Uh, Joy, in the 24-7 Black, uh, you think about um, business startup. The 24-7 the Wall Street report talked about Black business startup. Well, when you take a look at the fact that one Black business versus seven white businesses that have the same, same background, same economics. One receives operating dollars or a loan within the first year compared to seven white, white businesses. Then you're already starting off on the wrong foot. So there are a myriad of different conversations that we need to have. But like I said, you can have black folks in position, you can have white folks in mm -hmm. position that continue to perpetuate some of the same things. So we need innovative thinking uh, that is going to think of out-of-the-box solutions, but also understand the history of how some of these systemic things have taken place and try to create new avenues and new partnerships to solve some of these complex problems. So um, just we're really one more quick one. It was funny, not, not funny, but when I started, it's like, oh my God, we got too many liquor stores on, on, on every corner, everywhere you go is a liquor store. I'm not, I'm not opposed to alcohol. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but what I started to realize, cause I was on the planning and zoning and I'm like, wait a second, that's a zoning issue. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you zone your areas a certain way to have certain establishment, just like some of the uh, uh, zoning ordinances or, or covenants in certain neighborhoods. Right. You can't put certain things in certain places. Right. 
So how can you use the zoning ordinances to solve some of the problems and challenges that people are seeing? So it's about thinking outside of the box and utilizing some parts of the system, but tearing down some parts and calling accountability uh, to other players involved in this process. I'm trying to ask my question without sounding like uh, old school. You know, I have a question, one question only, seven parts, <laughs> 32 subparts. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier I heard was about hope. And when we, when we as top rank assess a culture, whether it's an organization or a community, there's two parts that go into us, where you're at now, and even bigger in a lot of ways is, is there hope that it'll get better? Um, how oh. as, as a mayor, because I think we see a lot of signs out there of, of lower hope than probably any time in our lifetimes. Um, how do we get there from your view as a mayor in your community? How do we get to that hope level? And we see a lot, especially in underrepresented groups where the hope is just gone. Um, especially in the younger generations. I mean, you can't you can't be black in America if you don't have hope. <laughs> I mean, can't be. You know, I certainly certainly understand that. Um, but I believe uh, through empowerment. I, I mean, I, I and I keep using the twenty four seven black as a as an example. Yeah. Because the forty eight businesses that graduated through this program that probably three-fourths of them prior to going through this program didn't believe it was possible uh, to be a business owner. And so uh, the work and through collaboration, uh, through being intentional in helping people to reach their goals and then showcasing those that have been able to reach them, I think that makes that makes, that makes all the, the, the difference. And so um, we have to go to our community. Um, we can't allow the media to define who we are as mm -hmm. or what we have to offer. I remember I read a, a book called Don't Believe the Hype by Fared Shadé. And at the time, I want to say it was like 70 plus percent of what African-Americans and Latinos would see of each other. If you, if you take away sports, right, and entertainment, that 70 plus percent is showing us in a needy situation or showing us in a criminal justice situation. Uh, but we need to make sure we change the landscape to start to present opportunity. Like our SHIP program works with uh, minority young people to show them that there is an opportunity in career, technical career related opportunities. We need to continue to invest in our uh, talent search programs that are able to take our young people outside of our local community to show them uh, that that's a better way. Uh, we need to continue to work on our coffees and different things that we are having around our community to have those conversations and show people uh, that there is hope and opportunity. And so um, we just need to change the paradigm. And one of the things that we're doing as a local community uh, is we are flying the W and it is a new campaign to talk about positive things that are happening within our local community because so much of the media that comes in and concentrates on the city of Waterloo is so negative, right? And we don't have time on this session for me to break down while I, while I believe the media is sometimes so negative about this community, but we're starting to fly the W to show what we do have as a local community, the opportunities that are here, the incredible 
um, things that we're able to do as a local community, but we're going to fly our own W and take control of our own yeah. story. Uh, and we haven't done that in a very long time. I guess on that note, I would ask too. Good question, Nick. I, I would ask too as you talk about the media, and I again, we probably don't have. Yeah, I could take be, another that show be, on that. that. Could be, uh, four yeah. episodes, but but I I think of I think of MLK, and I think of some of the 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 civil rights era in the '60s, and how uh, strong leaders were able to leverage the media in the way that was necessary because it's a two way battle, right? The media can destroy you. The media can also help you leverage. So. Another another episode, another topic, yeah. but I think how do we leverage the media? Well, can, can, I remember another mayor <laughs> once telling me, uh, you know, the media loves you until they don't. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so kind of stuck with me. I'm like, wow. But, you know, you know, historically, uh, in my community, uh, bad news circulates fast. Absolutely. Yep. And the stereotypes that we have are, yeah. are, are broad. And so part of uh, my role has been to start uh, changing the narrative of the city across the country and within the state and on a local level to like, yeah, we got problems, right? All communities have problems, but yeah. I'd be damned if that's going to be the only thing that, darn, if the only thing that defines us is what people see as a problem. We're going to work on our issues, but we're going to change the paradigm. And we've been taking swings at uh, you know, our apathy. We've been taking swings at changing the paradigm uh, for people in this local community, but we're in the midst of the building blocks and that takes time, uh, but we're moving fast yeah. uh, towards positively changing a lot of things. When's the book coming out on, how, on what you've achieved up there? Because <laughs> Anthony and I were up there, what, about a month and a half ago. And it, it, it to us, it's amazing to see um, you know, going back to that 24 seven report, going back to my mom was raised up in Waterloo area as a West student. And to me, it's, it truly is. It's, 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 uh, it gives us hope in the light work we do, I think to right. see that. And, and I think it's a direct reflection on, on, on you and some of the other leaders up there. And, yeah. um, well, we want to see a book. Yeah, we yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> chapter, one of the chapters has to be how you have an age 200 years and the eight years plus having teenage kids. So. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I turned all white when my youngest was born. So, well, I'm so for, for those listening. <laughs> You won't see this next time you see me. For those, <laughs> for those listening on audio, we, we got a young mayor with us here. Yes. For those who can't see, right, him, right. a young young right. mayor in Waterloo, Iowa. Right. Well, I I think you provided some some great yeah. some great tips. Not only that can be used that that you're doing in Waterloo, Iowa, but that that other listeners in other cities uh, around the country who are listening to this can can take advantage of. And what I hear you saying also is that you collaborate yes. with other mayors from other cities, and that that's really. Really good to hear. Yeah, kind of leads us into our listeners' question. So Jason from Waterloo, okay, a friend of mine, he wants to know uh, how to get inspired to to do what you're doing. What are the first steps? I want to be in politics, but not be a politician, which I love. Um, but you're also, uh, you know, an underrepresented group. How do you get there? What's what's the path? Well, the, the path is different for all of us, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I would probably say. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't want to be a mayor. I didn't want to be a city council uh, man either. Um, but I think one is to examine uh, your motives first and foremost. Um, when, when, if people are in this business so they can get a pat on the back or so they could believe that they're up here, um, you'll, you'll probably fade really fast or end up with disappointment. 
if people never believe that this office is just all about me, uh, because if you believe that it's only about you, then you'll have a hard time serving the other 68,000 uh, people here. I think number three, the way that I approached it is, yeah, you know, the mayor is maybe the top position, local elected position. But when you really think about my role, I work for everybody here because at any point in time, one of 70,000 people can call this office and expect some type of result uh, from something as well. And number four, I never did, like I would, I would volunteer for everything. I would, if it was sweeping floors or picking up trash at the end of a basketball game, or if it is volunteering to serve on a committee, I really, I am really so blessed that I have a heart to just get out there and to work, not for who's going to see me or not so that I can win an office, but I just like working. And that's, that's what I've always done. And that's the way that, that I approach it every day is how, how can I, can I serve? Uh, so I didn't necessarily get elected because I had a, a job that was high profile, like some folks. Um, I think I got elected because I rolled my sleeves up and I got out there and worked on behalf of people. And then I learned when to use a feather and when to use a bat, right? There's different approaches to solve uh, different problems. So I just got out there and volunteered and then I was able to figure out where my passion was. And I accomplished a lot of not being in, by not being in office. And I've been fortunate to accomplish some things with talented people I work with every day. So uh, examine your motives, examine your motives, roll your sleeves up and just get out there and work and don't care if anybody's looking and uh, find where your passion is at. We, we were just talking about that the other day, weren't we, about yeah. the leadership styles and yeah. you have to adapt yeah. certain yeah. uses. And I was just sitting here thinking, yeah. you know, it's funny. I was thinking as you were talking, I was internalizing it for myself because I didn't really... I don't like politics. Like, I, I think it's dirty yeah, stuff. I cringe when you call him a politician. I yeah, like, I know. Yeah, right? It's yeah, dirty, dirty stuff. Word. <laughs> but I, I, it's funny. I've learned so much about the political process locally on a local level because of what you just said, volunteering. Yeah. Like, volunteering for stuff. And I'm around people who know this stuff. Like, I don't have to. Be, and I tell my friends that. You don't got to be a genius. You just have to be a, around stuff and to understand it enough to to cast your vote the right way. So, I... So I guess to answer the question to your friend, Nick, is volunteer, right? Yep, volunteer. Get, volunteer. get involved. Get involved. Why, you look at, why you look at me, Anthony, just need to say, you know, I have to be a genius. <laughs> you know, I'm curious. Was that, yeah, that subliminal Was that yeah, not a genius, Lido? Well, that's some subliminal hey, bias. surround yourself with geniuses. That makes you a genius. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so so yeah. we had a guest on a while, uh, a while back. I don't, know, I don't think we've released it yet. Uh, very important in self care. Okay. How do you, as a mayor, because I mean, you're working, you're working pretty much twenty four seven. If something bad happens during the weekend, you're working, um, and you're always out in the community. How do you, how do you, how do you do self care, and why is it important to you? Mm. I mean, I already know you do because you look, like I said, you don't look like you're any older when you came in, um, and you have three, three, three kids. So, um, what, what's your secrets? I want to know your 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 self care secrets because I'm looking pretty old right now. Well, um, I can't say, I can't say I've done the best at that. Honestly, uh, first couple of years prior to COVID, I did everything. I mean, I was suit and booted every day. I was at every event. 
after COVID, after my shoulder injury, um, I did start to make sure that like, uh, I have a wonderful family. Uh, so I enjoy being involved in my children's things and all of those things are placed on my calendar now. Right. Okay. Before I know it's a simple thing and I should have done, but I missed so much because I was trying to be everywhere. So I, I like being around people, but you know, I got friends, I have fraternity, I have a church, I have a wife and a beautiful family. So I try to, I try to involve myself in, in those things that matter most. And I had a rough time of it when I started. Um, but now that's what I do. So yeah. I have a good awesome. support circle. That's it's awesome. Tough. Well, I know we're getting to the, near the, near the end of our, our show here. Uh, I, I guess I'll ask you, uh, one ad additional question, kind of a wrap up question, unless Nick or Joy have anything else. But one of my favorite questions to ask a, a lot of guests is if you had to think of one thing that, that keeps you up at night as Quentin, I mean, or as mayor or as a father, as a husband, what keeps you up at night right now? It Everything. keeps you driven. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Um, let's go back to that yeah. self-care. <laughs> no, yeah, self-care. Uh, you know, you, you know, just trying to make sure, um, that, you know, I'm working hard to be a man of principle, working hard to just be the best that I can, uh, for this community. Um, and also trying to approach my job, uh, with an equity leadership model versus, um, and I use this word versus an equality model because they're not the same. Nope. Uh, equality, you know, yes, respect, caring, concern, compassion equally. Uh, but when it comes to equity, it's about trying to make sure that you give um, the type of support that people need in a particular situation. It's not all the same. Right. And so that's the way I try to approach it. You know, yes. Um, anytime somebody gets hurt, uh, it, it, it is, um, keeps me up. Um, sometimes when my intentions, uh, are a certain way and it's misconstrued in another way, it, 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 it keeps me up. Uh, this pool has kept me up that we <laughs> talked about before because, um, you know, yeah. things need to change and yeah. change is hard and uncomfortable. Uh, for people, but dealing with people in my community that have had a lot of trauma um, and had a lot of a lot of disinvestment, sometimes it's hard for them to understand when they see investment come in a different way uh, that it's investment is just not the same, but it's actually better in the long run. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Kids thanks going for, to school on time. Yeah. That, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. Well, we are wrapping up our, our show today. Uh, Joy, want to carry us out here? Yeah, thank you. We, we definitely thank you for everything you shared. I'm going to tell Nevaeh when I pick her up, too, that I, I got to tell you about her compliment about the work you're doing for the city of Waterloo. Because she's 13, and at 13, all you notice is, like, TikTok and Roblox, right? And so, <laughs> so I, I thought she's, that was she's cool. Brilliant. She's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell her that, too. We notice this a lot. Yeah, she'll definitely appreciate yeah. that. So we want to thank our listeners as well for joining us today. Um, we just had such a great conversation and you gave such good tidbits on how we can keep continue to work across both sides and move progress forward. 
for communities. And so again, if you are out there listening to us in podcast land, you definitely want to tune in to the work that Mayor Hart is doing in Waterloo, Iowa as a potential uh, model and example for things that can happen across the country. Give us some feedback too. We want to thank our supporters today. I think Tyler Link and Barnes CDS and Community Savings Bank. And of course, of course, Kirkwood Community College. We just thank you so much for all of your big work. And I'll go ahead and give it over to you, Anthony. I'm giving it to Nick. Okay. Uh, uh, We have a new sponsor coming soon. So next episode after this, we'll have another new sponsor, uh, our our fourth. Um, Also, if we'd love to hear from you, as Joy said, so hit us up, send us your questions, comments, suggestions to info at toprankedtalentsolutions.com. Again, a true pleasure having you on with us today, Mayor. Um, Our next episode, we are now in the new year. So we are... Uh, I know that the uh, first two episodes we kind of dropped right before Thanksgiving, right before Christmas. Uh, right now, our intent is to try to do uh, the first and third of every month. Well, our first and third week of every month around that time frame, dropping episodes. And yep. uh, like I said, like with with most of our guests, you know, we can always say, you know, we could do a part two, three, four. Yeah. We could. We could just we talk could. about your your topic about politics. That'd be your social yeah. media and media, and that'd be another whole yeah. eight episodes. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So to uh, wish you, yeah, we wish you the best of luck up there yeah. and continue to support. You Thank know, you. we were big supporters, even though two of us are Cedar Opidians. And, uh, you know, anything we could ever do to help you. They adopted me in Waterloo. I don't know about you, but I got adopted. <laughs> you, you worked up there for a while. So, no, yeah, thank you for our time. And, and, uh, and, uh, to, to our listeners who are out here listening, you know, every, every day, what we, what we hope is you do is continue to, what do we say? Break, break barriers. barriers. Thank you for your time, folks. Thank, thank you. you Mayor. All right. Take care. Advancing equity is not a one year project. It's a generational commitment. There are too few people in the world willing to be the domino, too few people willing to take that fall.